You know, the culture is actually damn good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, where y'all at? This is Trafalgar Square. Mr. and Mr. North of South American, all the ships at sea, let's go to press. Have you been drinking? It was a good show, huh? During the workday, when you feel possessed by amorous intent, may I suggest that you suppress it? Hey! 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 Hey, how you doing? Let's get in the conference room. I would like to invite everyone into the conference room. I would like to have a meeting in the conference room right now. I know for a fact that nobody in the Parks Department reads letters. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me Sabian! Back along the near wing, Dylan's feed ahead now to Schultz. Give and go off the wall. Schultz shoots and scores! hearing John Walton get excited, huh? Welcome to the show, everybody. The SportsJourney.com radio network is back on the air. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast. It is January 26th as we put this to tape, as we used to say in the old days. Guess, well, it's not tape anymore. We're actually, you know, using digital recording now. But nevertheless, it, it still sounds kind of catchy. Lots of stuff to talk about today. We're going to do a little spring training baseball. In addition to our hockey recap, as the Nationals sign themselves a reliever, and that could uh, pay big dividends, I think, early on. Maybe, just maybe, it means they're not going to have to go shopping this summer. We'll also check in on what's going on in Ashburn as far as the Matthew Stafford saga goes. But we got to start with what's happening on the ice, and it's good stuff once again. The hits just keep on coming, both literally and figuratively. 3-2 over the Islanders last night. Capitals now 4-0-3 on the season. They lead the Eastern Division, I'm sorry, the Mass Mutual East now by two points over Boston. And they are one of just two teams, the Canadians being the other one, that haven't lost a game yet. Or you can say, or if you would rather, uh, are one of only two teams in the league that have secured points in each game. Lars Eller, Nicholas Backstrom, we should know later today or early tomorrow their uh, availability for tomorrow night's game. Because, yes, two more big guys on the roster go down and we're going to take a look at the roster in a second but first uh let's get you the uh official onelifefitness.com post game report we go into the locker room for your exclusive access brought to you as always by one life fitness 17 locations throughout virginia and maryland head to onelifefitness.com check them out and get yourself a free day pass to go and sample everything they've got on them peter laviolette last night saying that Let's just be real about it. This was perhaps the best game they have played so far this season. Every Well, everybody, uh, I think, is adjusting a little bit. Tonight, I thought, was our best game, um, just from the attack standpoint. But um, Justin, to me, really in the last two or three games, has really tried to, um, I think, put the part of his game and the attack part of his game and you can see it as he comes out of the defense zone and he's joining the rush and tonight's goal was a perfect example just getting involved in the play and so um, he's one of those players that I think that uses his speed and uses his skating to create offense 
Um, and, and I think I've noticed it more in the last couple of games, but that's probably to be expected as well, just with guys not, not on, you know, when you, when you throw stuff on a table in training camp, it takes a little bit to sort it out and have to have some video meetings and talk about things. And um, he, I thought he did a, a, a really good job of trying to play the style that we want to play. And I thought others did as well. It was a good, it was a really solid team win. Uh, talking about Justin Schultz there and uh, the game-winning goal that he had with 26 seconds left. It, it looked like, you know, they were going towards yet another uh, overtime period, which, you know, is both good and bad. It, it would have been 50-50, obviously, whether they would have won it as, you know, they lost three in overtime. But three in overtime does mean that you get at least a point out of out of everything. So that's where that's where it stands right now. Let's talk about the injuries for a second. I mean, and it just it's kind of amazing that they're still playing as well as they have. Um, so Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Orlov, and Samsonov because of COVID protocols. We know about that. Tom Wilson, the lower body injury from a couple of nights ago, and then last night both Nicholas Backstrom and Lars Eller had to leave the game. I mean, think about that. Uh, with the exception of Samsonov, I mean, every other one of those guys was an integral part of the Stanley Cup team. And, I mean, you're down to, I think, if I'm not mistaken, you know, center-wise now, I think in terms of experience and stuff, Nick Dowd is your top-line center if if uh, if these guys, if, if Lars Eller and, and Backstrom can't come back. At some point, this is, you know, logic dictates that it's going to catch up with them. That's what logic would dictate. Uh, unless, and, you know, after last night, I think it, this was a team that they beat that, you know, beat them four out of five in the bubble in the first round of the playoffs last year with a coach that, you know, if anybody knows the cap strength and weak, strengths and weaknesses, it's Barry Trotz. Uh, and they beat them last night. And I know it's one game. It's a 56-game season. This is not the NFL, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, the great thing about Tuesday night is it lets you at least for a moment dream about the fact that could this maybe be the best and deepest team in hockey with just stockpiles of talent everywhere? Maybe Brian McClellan is the smartest guy in hockey. Who knows? I mean, you know, again, they they still have yet to lose a game, and we can ride this horse until we can't ride it anymore, which could be about 24 hours as of, again, the recording of this show. But still, let, let's revel in it while we can. I love the fact that the new guys, you know, the guys that are that really a top-notch organization counts on, to fill the roles of those bottom roster guys that have had to leave off of the cup team are making an impact. I mean, just last night, you look at it, Daniel Sprong had his first goal of the season. Pickup, off-season pickup. Justin Schultz has the game winner. Again, off-season pickup. And this team is playing hard. Uh, there's just there's no other way to put it. Last, uh, on Tuesday night, they shut the Islanders out make, uh, on the power play. Islanders were 0 for 3 on the power play. Caps got a power play goal from John Carlson um, and Vitek Vanacek. Whew. I mean, I you know, Peter Laviolette said this was going to 
kind of play itself out as the as the season goes on. And you got to wonder, maybe Vanacek is the number one guy. A great performance again. 29 saves on 31 shots. All the dude is doing is winning. Um, and uh, there was one other uh, – who else was it? There was one other guy. Who was I looking at? Well, Garnet Hathaway, again, bottom of the roster guy, had um, had an assist. Oh, yeah, Daniel Carr. Uh, I forgot to mention Daniel Carr. He had an assist as well. So, you see, it, it's not just that – it's not just that it, – it's not like you've got the top of the roster that's carrying this. You're getting guys – all up and down the roster contributing. And the fact that you're getting these guys that Brian McClellan went out and got in the offseason to fill gaps against a tight salary cap, and here they are producing. Now, again, this could all go south tomorrow, but until it does, let's. isn't it nice that we've got a Washington team we can give the benefit of the doubt to? We don't really have to worry that much about um, – about the other shoe dropping at this point. We can give this team the benefit of the doubt that McClellan's moves have 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 panned out. It's a very weird feeling when you're a Washington sports fan, you know? Uh, let's see. We got to talk. Uh, we got more from LaViolette here. Let's uh, let's hear from him on the injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's you're right. There's There's been challenges, um, you know, right from the get-go, I think, just you know, going back to everything being a little bit new for everybody and not having any exhibition games to starting the season and then missing some players and um, some injuries that have happened along the way. And, and so it's been a little bit more challenging, but you're right. You know, that's the, with adversity and winning, that's the, you know, it can be the, you know, it can be, I think a team can really grow from that and build from that. And, um, I thought the guys played really hard tonight. Obviously, New York's got a good team, and uh, we knew we had to compete hard. We knew we had to check hard. We knew we had to, you know, get get battle ready to play a team like that. And I thought that the guys that were in the lineup did a terrific job. The newcomers that came in, I thought, were terrific. Scarboza played a great game, and Carr played a great game. Spronger had a big goal. And so there was – I thought that was a real positive for guys to jump in the lineup like that and contribute the way they did. Forgot to mention Scarboza. The Capitals also outshot the Islanders 37 to 34. And we've talked about that the last couple of days, that that's one of the things that Peter Laviolette, that's part of Peter Laviolette's philosophy. He wants a lot of shots on goal. And he talked about that as well. Yeah, I mean, we're, that was tonight, like I said, I thought it was, I thought it was a real, it was probably, I thought our best, our best game in the sense of staying in the offensive zone and, um, that's the zone that you want to be in, um, generating opportunity, um, shots create. And so there was guys had a mindset that they were going to deliver pucks tonight and some good things happened from it. So, you know, New York is a, a tough team. And one of the, in the, in the very short season that we're in right now, they're one of the top defensive teams in the league and we knew it wasn't going to be easy. Um, but our guys just, just kept, hung, they hung in there for three periods, just continued to try and, find something in the offensive zone and um, eventually we're able to crack it. One of the guys that is one of the stars that is still in the lineup and God knows, let's hope he stays there. TJ Oshie. We talked to TJ as well. Again, saying that, yeah, this is the type of a game that can bring a club together and set the tone for the year. Big win. I mean, uh, 
you know, we got we got some guys filling in. Actually, some of the guys that filled in tonight were uh, were some of our best players. Um, maybe didn't play the biggest minutes, but made a big difference when they're on the ice. And uh, when you lose guys like that, it uh, you know sometimes it can break you, and sometimes it can bring you closer together. And uh, you, know, you look at the names of the guys that didn't finish the game tonight, and the guys that were out. Uh, some pretty big names, but the boys pulled together um, and uh, and found a way to get a W. Well, you really hope they can protect him and not lose him to Seattle in the expansion draft next year. Uh, a little bit later, TJ actually started getting uh, started getting a little puffy. Maybe maybe put the cart a little bit before the horse, but he says he actually thinks this team could be in an even better position at this point. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's a it's a positive. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm asking for too much, but I kind of wish our record was a little better, given the the fashion that we lost there for a couple of them. You know, three shootouts, um, but or three, uh, one overtime, two shootouts, whatever it was. Sorry. Um, no, I think uh, back to your question. I think it's it's very important that we're able to get points. We're able to have a next man up mentality and still find ways to to get points night in and night out. Hopefully, the two points. But if not, we're pushing teams to the very end. Uh, if they're going to try to take two away from us. So um, it's, it's a really positive step with, I mean, everyone knows how many new parts we have, new systems, new things going on, new schedules. Um, the boys are really responding very well. We got a little bit of adversity right now, and we're still finding a way to get points. And I think in the long run, that's going to be very big for us. All right, maybe a little bit of a rational exuberance, but you know what? I will take it. It sure as hell beats the alternative same two teams thursday night seven o'clock face off at capital one arena and the nats continued their busy off season the other day getting brad hand signing him to a one-year ten and a half million dollar contract he played with the indians last year indians let him go late in the season uh Salary, when they started dumping salaries, when they fell out of contention. The number is pretty good. I mean, he's 31 years old. Uh, even on a, uh, even though he got released last year, you know, a 2.05 ERA, 16 saves, uh, 23 innings, 29 strikeouts. He was he was the main guy. He was the closer back in, in 2019 as well. He racked up 34 saves and a uh, ERA of three and a half that year. Um, so, you know. Since uh, since he became a full-time reliever, and that was back in 2016, he's played well. You know, a two 270 ERA since that happened. You're going to get a slider and a four-seam fastball out of him, and it adds some depth to the bullpen. You figure that's one thing Davey Martinez, at least on paper, doesn't have to worry about at the beginning of the year. So you've got Hand now, you've got Tanner Rady, you've got Will Harris, and of course you've got Daniel Hudson. And as we all know these days, you need four or five arms because each guy gets a specific inning. And you add that to Josh Bell, to Kyle Schwarber, re-signing to Ryan Zimmerman, and John Lester, who's going to be the fourth starter, they hope. Um, and it's the, the roster is starting to round into shape. I think it was a good signing. I, I like it. They got him for a good price. And the, the biggest thing is, again... Going into spring training, while things, obviously, your entire plan can blow up at any time, at least for right now, 
If you're Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo, you don't have to worry about what the hell are we going to do in July if we're in contention and we need another arm of the bullpen. This, at least for now, at least for spring training in the first couple of months of the year, it's one less thing that you have to worry about and you can concern yourself with other matters. All right, let's hear from Brad Hand on exactly why he decided to sign with the Nats, aside from the fact that he didn't have a job, and where he thinks he fits in on this roster. Just a good group of guys with the starting rotation that they have there in Washington. And then, um, you know, the guys that they got down in the bullpen, I, I thought that, you know, it would be a good fit for me to, you know, join those guys down there in the bullpen and, you know, be able to help out in um, any way that I could. Once I leave the ballpark, I forget about what happened that day. Um, you may reflect and look back on what happened, but, you know, I show up to the ballpark the next day, um, you know, wanting the ball, wanting to be back in that situation if I didn't succeed the, the day before. So um, I think that's what it takes as a bullpen guy, just to be able to, you know, brush things off like that. You know, obviously we're, we're, we're not perfect and, you know, we're going to make mistakes, but, um, you know, really being able to, you know, turn the page and, you know, get the job done the next day. Uh, I mean, we play 162 games. It's a long season. So um, even if you do have a bad month, it, it's, uh, you know, over 162, you can you can get back where you need to be. I think it's the same approach. I mean, whatever inning you're pitching, um, you're still trying to get three outs and not not let anybody score. So, um, you know, the ninth inning is obviously the one that, you know, is is the the inning that ends the game. And if you end up losing, you know, you know, it comes down on you a lot. But um, you know, I've always approached them the same, whether, you know, it's the sixth, seventh, eighth or ninth, like the, that's crunch time, you know, when the starters are out of the game, they're, they're handing it over to us to, you know, finish it off. So, um, you know, I think just as a group, as a bullpen, you just got to have the mindset just to get three outs and, you know, hand it off to the next guy. Catch you up to date on the latest going on with Matt Stafford. He still has not been trained. All right, let's see. Uh, the latest, you know, if you want to add to this mix, yesterday, Scott Pioli, you might remember him with the New England Patriots, helping Bill Belichick build that dynasty there, said on Good Morning Football that he thinks the trade will get done in the next two weeks. So here's what he said, quote, My instincts are telling me they're looking to get a trade done. They're looking to get a trade done quickly. They had to know about this earlier than when they let the rest of the football world know. And what he meant was, yeah, hiring a new GM, you're hiring a new head coach. Um, they had to have known that it was that ownership had their blessings to move on from Stafford, offer him up in a trade, and, you know, start with a new quarterback. Remember, the Lions have, what, third pick in the draft or something like that. So they're, they're definitely in on the after- Trevor Lawrence part of next year's quarterback sweepstakes. If you want to know what the smart money literally thinks about this, Washington has the fourth best odds of landing Stafford. Uh, the Colts are the favorite right now, followed by the 49ers, Broncos, and then Washington. Now, you look at those teams, I guess, well, San Francisco and Denver can technically offer a higher first-round pick. As we know, Washington's got the 19th pick that they can deal so the question is, if you want Stafford, how much are you willing to give up for him? And it's, well, this is this is why general managers earn their money. I'm fine with the first-round pick going. I think Stafford is at least worth the 19th pick in the draft. You figure at 33, 
barring a, another, you know, he doesn't have another freak injury like Alex Smith. It's conceivable that he's got maybe four or five good years left. I mean, seriously, the way quarterbacks have been playing these days, just look at what we saw in the NFC Championship game. There's two guys still at the top of their game, and one of them's 43, and the one that's 43 is going to the Super Bowl. It is not. It is quite possible that Matthew Stafford can be the starting quarterback for the next four or possibly five years. For that reason, yeah, he's worth the 19th pick. What else is he worth? What else is he worth? Because this team still has holes that it has to fill. You need another wide receiver. You really could use another tight end. I love Logan Thomas, but you still could use another top flight tight end. You still need some help in the defensive backfield, and you need a linebacker. So what is he worth? I don't want to give up anyone on the defensive line. That's there's there If they're going to have to trade players, there is, the conventional wisdom is, all right, take the guys at your deepest position, and that's the defensive line. I mean, think about it. You've got Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Obviously, Chase Young is, is not available, so let's not even go there. Um, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Tim Settle, and don't forget about Matt Ioannidis and Ryan Anderson all coming back. John Allen would be the one whose contract is up first, but here's the thing. To me, that's the elite position group on this roster. An elite position group is something that Washington has not had in a long, long time. I just hate to give anything up. Now, the other, any one of those guys up. But on the flip side, and our good friend J.P. Finley mentioned this a couple of days ago, you can't pay all these guys. You just can't. So since you can't pay them all, why not get something for one of them? I would hate for it to have to be Montez Sweat. I really would, because I think, again, I think he and Chase Young are going to be, can become elite as, as bookend edge rushers. You, you've got, you can't double-team both of them. I don't think it was a coincidence that Sweat's numbers, sack numbers went up this year because teams were having to concern themselves with Chase Young for obvious reasons. But see, that's the thing. I loved how John Allen played this year. I thought he had his best year. Deron Payne is becoming a force in there. Matt Ioannidis, we already know, has proved his worth. He got a contract extension last year before getting hurt. And Tim Settle has, has you know, come on. I, I think it would take more than Tim Settle in a number one. If they, if they had to trade Ioannidis, I guess I'd be okay with that. I would, I would love the trade if it could be Stafford for number 19 straight up. I would love it a little bit less if it was if it cost them the pick and Ioannidis. If it cost them the pick and Allen, I'd like it. I wouldn't love it, but I'd still like it a whole lot. And again, then it's on the front office and the scouts. Who do you go out and replace those guys with? Yeah, you were fortunate enough that Jonathan Allen fell to you in the first round four years ago. And you were fortunate that Deron Payne fell to you in the first round a few years ago. Can you find guys like that in the middle of the draft again? Especially since it sounds like you're going to be replacing the scouting slash player personnel department soon. 
We shall see. That's what makes it a great game in the offseason, and that's why they get paid the big bucks. All right, Mick and the clock on the wall said so we got to get out of here. I hope you enjoyed it. We, we covered a lot of ground today. Talk to you again tomorrow. Caps Islanders, Cap One Arena tomorrow, face off 7 o'clock. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, you wear white.